What is up, everybody? And welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. We've got daily articles up there, uh, news, analysis, opinions. So if you want to read on Jake McQuaid, you can do it there. If you want to read on Noah Brown, there's one article in there. Uh, I had one on Donovan Wilson diving deeper into what we discussed last night on Primetime. So make sure you check the website out. And of course, as always, Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at Freeman Mazda. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. But before we do any of that, let's talk about Noah Brown. Let's talk about the Cowboys wide receiver that has suddenly become not only a starter, but actually a wide receiver that finds himself in some elite company right now. Because Noah Brown, believe it or not, at this point, is graded, and I know they're in perfect grades, as the 11th best wide receiver in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus. That's going by receiving grade. So let me know what is one word. What is one word to describe Noah Brown's rise? Let me know in the chat. Noah Brown has found himself making some tough catches. He has found himself, like we can see in the next play, being quite consistent in finding the soft spots, for example, versus own coverage. He's shown that he has some range, some legit catch radius, and he's tough, man. What is one word to describe Noah Brown's rise? And I'm going to be honest with you. I was low on Noah Brown. When the Cowboys started selling us this idea that the former seven-round draft pick that had been in the team since 2017 without ever really breaking out as a receiver was going to be a legit starter, I, I couldn't get behind that idea. And I think that plenty of people in Cowboys Nation agreed with that take. And the thing is that I think it really might have been that we really never got a chance to see Noah Brown. Because there's, there's got to be something about you to stick around an NFL team for five years without ever breaking out as a starter, but you're still sticking around. There's got to be a reason for that, especially when an NFL head coach comes and go since the moment that you were drafted by the team. There's a different offensive coordinator running the show on the offensive side of things, and you're still around uh, different wide receiver coaches as well. And now that they have finally asked Noah Brown to actually go out there and make some catches, he has been able to do so at a very high level. So let me see some of your uh, words here before we get to the numbers. Uh, what is one word to describe Noah Brown's rise? Toxic Tom, I love this answer. He says, timely. Because, man, it really has been just that for the Cowboys. No Michael Gallup to start the season. There's uh, Noah Brown. Jalen Tolbert not working out quite the way the Cowboys wanted to. There's Noah Brown. Uh, who knows when James Washington will come back. 
But honestly, at this point, we're fine waiting for James Washington. We're fine waiting for Jalen Tolbert to figure things out because Noah Brown is in there. Uh, so I think the timely is a great answer here. Surprising for Bruce. Super science is Professor O. That's two words, but I make my own rules, says Professor O. And hey, if you're, if you're going to, you know, bring the fire with your answers like this, uh, you're allowed to make your own rules. Gregory says expected. Angeline Smith says monster. Chuck goes with excellent. Beast for Eddie Ray. Magnificent for Kenneth Fraser. Chingon for Jose Lupe Vela. And, you know, if you if you guys are watching from Mexico or, or, or know some Mexican Spanish, you guys know exactly what that means. Steady, says Craig. I like that one. I like steady, too. I will say legit. I will say legit because the more I look at it and the more I see that Noah Brown is up, up there, if you go to the receiver grades in Pro Football Focus, Noah Brown is 11th overall. Overall in receiving grade, because if you break it down to overall grades, I think that he goes uh, a few spots lower if you start including run blocking and, you know, all of that. But if you go by receiving grade, he's the 11th best in the NFL by grades. I know they are imperfect grades, but they at least give you an idea when you take into account the stats as well. And once more, we will dive into those in just a few moments here. But you look at that top 10. And that top 10 has the likes of T. Higgins. It has uh, Cooper Cup's name in there, A.J. Brown. So Noah Brown is from the outside looking into a top 10 that is filled with some dudes right now. And it's crazy because, once more, I think that it, it has been a legit rise. You see Noah Brown, for example, versus man coverage. He has been targeted 12 times in man-to-man. -man. He's got nine catches, 157 yards. That averages out at 17.4 yards per catch. Among those nine receptions versus man-to-man, -man, Noah Brown has moved the chains seven times. And of course, he has one touchdown. And you look at numbers like this, and you look at several splits that you can find out there in Pro Football Focus, and you continue to see why Noah Brown has been this legit. The guy has almost a 50-50 split between snaps taken from the slot and snaps taken from the outside. The guy has no drops in the season so far. Not to mention, he's out there making contested catches, as we have talked about before on the show. You know, Cooper Cup gets a lot of catches and a lot of targets. The guy is insane. But Sean McVay also plays a huge role in that. Just scheming number 10 open for the LA Rams, who, by the way, the Cowboys are going to play on Sunday. Noel Brown is not really enjoying that benefit right now. And this is not a knock on Kellen Moore at all or anything like that. But my point is Noel Brown is making those catches while facing tough coverage. Uh, he's five for six in contested catches. That is, uh, those five are tied for third most in the entire NFL, according to PFF. Noah Brown has been surprisingly legit. And I think that it's gotten to a point, as I talked about uh, yesterday, <laughs> as I talked about yesterday, uh, Noah Brown is a guy that is not going to go anywhere. 
when Jalen Tolbert figures it out, when you get a James Washington back, he's not going to just hand them the job, right? We'll talk about it, Mark Aaron. By the way, I see your comment in the YouTube chat. We're about to get into that, actually, into the whole long snapper situation here. Uh, shout out to Tony Montana, my man, who is saying, speak English, man. And where is James Washington? And of course, just as I expected, no question mark in there. And Washington is misspelled in the comment. Really goes to tell you, man, uh, you know, the guy behind the comment, right? Shout out to, to Tony, though. Thank you for the engagement, as always. And of course, thank you for trying as well. Dexter Williams over at Facebook. Rams are hungry, coming off a loss. So we must continue to execute. It's going to be a fun game. As, as I start, you know, reviewing some of the numbers, getting some of the context, and trying to figure out who I am actually going to pick tomorrow night when I do a, an NFL show that I do with my brother, I don't know who I'm picking. I don't know just yet who am I picking. Am I going with the Cowboys? Am I going with the Rams? A few weeks ago, I would have sworn that, you know, I was going to go with Dallas. But right now, uh, that I was going to go with the Rams, excuse me. But right now, I don't know. It's going to be a very, very fun game. <laughs> Bruce says headshot, Mo. <laughs> there you go. Anyways. <laughs> there you go. I love the YouTube chat. I mean, they ask for it, honestly. You, you, know, you know how it is here on primetime. Moving on from the central topic of this show and from Noah Brown, who we are very excited about, let's talk about some Cowboys news because unfortunately, unfortunately, Jake McQuaid suffered a turn triceps injury. The guy will miss the entire season. According to multiple reports, it was originally reported by Nick Edman from DallasCowboys.com. And it's a tough blow for the Cowboys, honestly. And let me know in the comments, is it a big deal, small deal, or no deal that the Cowboys are going to lose Jake McQuaid for the entire season? Let me know in the comments. I know it's a position that we don't talk a lot about a lot, uh, NFL media, Cowboys media, NFL fans, you, you just don't talk about long snappers. Not even when LP was around. Sure, we loved the guy, but it's not like we had segments on the long snapper. It just doesn't happen. But it's a tough position to execute. And it is a tough job in the NFL. So I will go with a big deal because there's a reason why NFL teams that have 53 spots on their rosters carry a guy that does one thing and only one thing, and that is be a long snapper. Sometimes you get questions on why doesn't a center uh, play long snapper as well? And I actually tweeted out a picture from that question that Skywalker and I got uh, not that long ago on Twitter. And I loved our responses because I think we kind of nailed it. First, first and, and foremost, we just pointed out the fact that it is freaking hard to long snap consistently in the NFL. 
But also, and this is from Skywalker Steel, I will read his tweet first. He says, long snappers generally have to be able to run down the field and tackle for one. No center is going to be able to do that. Also, it's just not as easy as you think. This was in response in August uh, when the Cowboys, when we were figuring out how the roster would look like. Uh, so it doesn't have to do with the injury today. And then my response was, if you look at long snappers throughout the league, you will notice that they're actually linebacker types more than they are offensive line types, actually. Or if you watch high school games or just any lower level of football, sometimes you will even see wide receivers or any random positions out there. And it's true. It's a tough position to, to replace. I remember that Bengals game versus the Steelers. You could make the argument that if they had a healthy long snapper, they win that week one game versus Pittsburgh, even though they turned the ball over five times. The whole operation of the field goal, of the punt, it's all about rhythm in specialty. It's all about rhythm for kickers, for punters. If you bring in one guy that's uh, one tick of a second off, one tick of a second too fast, too slow, and to quote Al Pacino, you don't quite make it, right? It's a game of inches, and it's going to be tough for the Cowboys to maybe adapt to this one. So I will say big deal. What say you, Cowboys Nation? I am Groot says it's... <laughs> when did you change your name to I am Groot, Professor O? He says it's a big deal. Joey Bella goes with no deal. Uh, Floyd says a small deal. Mark Aaron, big deal. Barry Fish, small deal. No one ever talked about him anyways. And I'll give you that, Barry. No one ever did. Uh, that, that is true. But that's just because it's, it's not a position that you analyze. Timothy Harrison says, real big deal. Consistency. It's a deal, says Gregory. More or less. Yeah, it is. It, ha it has to be, right? Great movie reference, Moses. Toxic Tom. Here's, here's the, the weirdest part about this. I have not seen that movie in a long, long time. I remember that I loved it. I loved football movies growing up. I have not seen it in a long, long time. But I always remember that quote because of a motivational video that I I don't know why I always remember it from that. I need to watch that movie once more. But anyways, the Cowboys already made two signings to take care of this move. Uh, the signings are to the practice squad, not to the roster. By the way, Jake McQuaid's injury might have costed us an opportunity to watching some wildcat offense on the Cowboys. And I, I'm kidding, but Will Greer was out of practice squad elevations. And I was wondering if the Cowboys would not elevate or, or not sign Greer to the 53-man roster if this is indeed going to be the last game without Dak Prescott. And I was wondering if you know we could see the cowboys just rolling the dice and heading into week five with only one active quarterback and that if the the worst case scenario presented itself and cooper rush maybe went down injured if we were going to see some sort of emergency quarterback uh thing going on for dallas but that will not happen because as a result of mcquade's injury the cowboys had one open roster spot that will be used for Will Greer. And then the Cowboys signed two long snappers to the practice squad. And those are Matt Overton, 
and Tucker Eddington. Two very different profiles between these two. Overton has 126 NFL games under his belt. He's a veteran. He's a guy that knows what's up. And on the other hand, you have the young one, Tucker Addington. Addington is from a small football college. Played in the USFL in 2022. And turns out that he was part of a pretty efficient special teams unit. So Addington can play at a pro level. The question is, can he play at an NFL level? We'll find out. The Cowboys have a few days, a full week of practice to figure out who is the best option. And then on game day, they will likely just elevate one of them to the roster. And that will likely be the case for the next few weeks until they are out of practice elevations and they need to sign their guy to the fifth three-man roster. So they've got some time to figure things out. Good from uh, good on them for acting quickly. We'll see who they go with. Will they go with the veteran? Will they go with Tucker Addington? Who knows? But in the meantime, that is what the Cowboys have been doing. Let me see some of your comments here before we move on, though. I am Groot says, I bet that Ben DiNucci could sidearm snap that ball over a mountain. <laughs> there you go, man. Speaking of movie of movie references, I love that. Mo, we lost a ginger today to the IRs. is toxic, Tom. But Mo, we still have McGovern and steal for fat guy touchdowns, says Bruce. Man, I hope that we get to see another another fat guy touchdown barry fish says demon clark back healthy then starting is the best news i have heard i didn't expect that to happen by the way not this early in the season uh for those of you that maybe missed the the news the cowboys are expected to activate damon clark's practice window and that means that he will have three weeks to start practicing and get himself in shape. And then when those 21 days are up, the Cowboys will either sign him to the fifth three-man roster or rule him out for the year. But I didn't expect this to happen in week five. Didn't expect the Cowboys to open that practice window. Damon Clark tweeted out soon, period. And Cowboys Nation will be left expecting the linebackers' return. Pleasant surprise on on Tuesday for the Dallas Cowboys. So thank you to Barry Fish for pointing that out on the Facebook chat. Because honestly, I forgot I forgot writing that down on my notes. It, it wasn't going to be a part of the show. So I appreciate that. Dinucci for head coach, says Timothy. There you go. Here comes Aaron Judge. 63 maybe, says Mark Aaron. I hope so. I hope so. Hope that he sits, to be honest, is Toxic Tom. I assume he's talking about Clark there. But yeah, in the meantime, the Cowboys are going to figure out their long snapper situation with either the veteran or the rookie. 
for unfortunate injury, man. Jake McQuaid had not missed any game for the Cowboys. And I think that Jake McQuaid was actually doing a pretty good job as a as the long snapper for Dallas. When you replace a guy like LP Ladisser, and then you're not a conversation for the fans, that means you're doing a pretty good job. Because if Jake McQuaid had to come in and for some reason messed one play up or, or two plays up, or maybe uh, he was a little bit inconsistent, we wouldn't have heard the end of it just because of how beloved LP was and how controversial the decision was. By the way, LP didn't even work out for the Cowboys, according to Patrick Walker. According to No C, he, he didn't even work out for Dallas. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, LP was uh, had, a, had a long run in the NFL, so chances are his playing days are over. Exactly. Mike and Leah with the perfect comment. Never heard of the long snapper. Must be pretty good. Boom. Right on. <laughs> WTF is a long snapper, says Samuel Rowe. <laughs> it's funny because I do think that some people think that it's an easy position. And not because uh, they don't know. Uh, I mean, I was going to say not because they don't know football. And I mean, if you know no football, you definitely know what a long snapper is. But some people just overlook the position entirely, for real. It's a tough position to play. And we saw it up close with the Bengals in week two. You know, the Bengals went out there. They were going to attempt a small field goal. And Bengals fans were nervous about the whole thing. Some comments are always... Uh, unexpected but anyways let's take an early look at the LA Rams some notes on the Rams we do this every Tuesday and more than more than you know just dive into the stats and all of that which we also will do especially later in the week who are the LA Rams this is going to be a game over the next few days that you will hear a lot about the Super Bowl champion LA Rams we're going to hear that a lot over the next few days heading out, uh, heading into Sunday. And that's because it's true. The Rams won the Super Bowl. They don't look like that team, though, four weeks into the season. And I'm not talking about Monday night football exclusively either. Sean McVay is a great coach, one of the best in the NFL at this point. The front office for the Rams put together uh, a long-term strategy in which they prioritized free agent signings and nailing day two and day three of the NFL draft. They have been highly successful at it. So why do the Rams look the way that they do? Unconvincing. As Bruce points out in the YouTube chat, they got destroyed. Last night versus the 49ers, Matthew Stafford wasn't able to read in the, in the pocket. And that leads me to my main point here. It's not that the Rams suddenly suck. It's not like you can't overlook the LA Rams. I don't think anyone is going to really overlook them. I mean, they are 4.5 favorites for this game. But that offensive line is kind of destroyed right now. And 
Sean McVay for a long time has centered his offense around the run. That changed a little bit in 2021 when Matthew Stafford was brought in. But for the most part, the Rams have been a wide zone team. And when things didn't go their way in the passing game, they went back to the wide zone and they just lived through it. They will they would run the football at you. So far, they haven't been able to do that. So far, Matthew Stafford has not had weapons beyond Cooper Cup to target in the passing game. And as such, suddenly we're talking about an offense that ranks in the bottom 12 in the league right now. As an entire team, they do rank in the bottom 12 of the league in DBOA, which measures efficiency, not only efficiency, but efficiency adjusted to opponents. The Rams on Monday night had a right guard turned center, turned to center in the game, had to be taken out of the game. Third string center out of nowhere comes in and, and plays center for the Rams. Do you know how hard that can be for a guy that isn't even able to adjust pass protections and all of that? Uh, that's why Matthew Stafford suddenly couldn't stop yelling and talking he was the guy making the declarations instead of the center and that will happen when you have so little experience with a with a team and that's exactly what happened to the to the rams last night they have an undrafted free agent playing at right guard their left guard is injured we don't know yet what this unit will look like on sunday we'll find out more throughout the week with the injury reports but chances are that Matthew Stafford plays behind a pretty bad offensive line. According to PFF's grades, pass blocking-wise, they are 32nd in the NFL right now. Stafford was sacked seven times last night. We couldn't stop talking about Carson Wentz getting sacked nine times last week. Well, Matthew Stafford was sacked seven times. But then again, they were close, and that game was closer than it appears. The Rams went into the red zone three times. They walked away with, three, uh, with zero touchdowns in those situations, but they were in there. They were moving the ball versus one of the best defenses in the NFL, the 49ers. And I will tell you what, that Rams defense can stop the run. They can. They're the third best run defense going by DBOA. We'll talk about the matchups. We'll break down the game when we get deeper into the week. But so far, where would you put the odds for the Cowboys to win this one? From 0 to 100, how likely do you think a Cowboys win is in week five? Let me know in the comments. Let me know in the comments whether you are watching on Facebook or YouTube. Give it a number, your hopes to beat the LA Rams from 0 to 100. Drop it in the chat, whether you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Because, man, last night we saw a 49ers team that was consistently in the backfield, pressuring Matthew Stafford, and they did so with four rushers only, without blitzing. The Cowboys are not a very aggressive team, blitzing-wise, even though some people would think that they are, just based on how many um, key plays that the Cowboys seem to get when they do blitz. 
But I think that's part of it. I think Dan Quinn is very smart with his blitzes. They're, they don't rank near the bottom of the league. They're, they're somewhere around the top 15, at least according to pro football reference. But the Cowboys did not blitz that much. They can get the pressure in with only four players. Uh, so from 0 to 100 in the comments, uh, let me know. And while you do that, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net because the ride of the week is the new 2023 Mazda CX-5 2.5S. Let me talk to you about this vehicle. It starts at $28,570. It's got all-wheel drive, Apple CarPlay slash Android Auto, the amazing and incredibly useful Wi-Fi hotspot, adaptive cruise control, and a miles per gallon capacity of 24 in the city that it goes up to 30 when you are in the highway. So make sure that you check it out on freemanmazda.net. And as always, remember that it's a family-owned business, A-plus customer service. And when you choose Freeman Mazda, you are choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer. Once more, that is freemanmazda.net. From 0 to 100, Holly goes with 97. Billy Renfro's to 65%. Gregory, 50%. 100% for Floyd Wright. He has no doubts that the Cowboys will win this one. Mike and Leia go with 75. We've got Scott with 65 here. Uh, Smith Smith with 100. Bruce with 60. Rudy with 100. Sergio with 80. You know, a lot of different numbers out there in the chat. 85 for Roy Fletcher. Timothy with 100. He says, sounds like a great deal. Make sure you check it out over at freemanmazda.net. Thank you to Timothy. Now, I will go with, I think it's a closer game than it appears to be. Four and a half. I, I don't remember what the implied probability would be for a four and a half spread, but I like I like it better than the spread. I think that I think that the Cowboys can really keep this one close. I think that they have a legit shot at winning this game defensively. My biggest concern is, as I said, the Rams can't stop the run and they have so far this year. But I will go with, you know, 100% being, oh, they're winning it and 50% it's going to be a toss-up game. I will go with a 45% because I, I still have to make the Rams' favorites Right now, they are the home team. They do have Sean McVay, which in my opinion is a huge advantage when you compare coaching staff to coaching staff. So I need to give them that respect. Uh, 45%, I will say, for the Cowboys. Once more, because if I said 55%, I would be making the Cowboys the favorites. That's what I mean with, with 45, right? So... I know it sounds like a low number, but I am saying the Cowboys do have a legit shot at winning this game, honestly. And I, I'm thinking about picking the Cowboys when the time comes on Thursday. I have not figured it out. I want to make that call when I am a little bit more you know, calm and do not have that Monday night football game as fresh in my memory as I do right now. And you guys know when we get to the picks here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime, we are objective. We have a 4-0 streak on betting the Cowboys that we need to take care of. Leaning 4.5, though. Leaning with the points on betting the Cowboys. Uh, haven't decided yet. 
Anyways, before we get out of here, as we do every Tuesday night, and you guys chimed in last night when I asked if you guys liked the segment, you guys, who you guys answered positively, even though, you know, I just hit the camera. And I'm making this show a chaos. Uh, let's get into the one cool thing of the week. For those of you who are new to the show, this is our feel-good segment. It is our feel-good segment in which we drop in the comments our one cool thing of the week. So let me know whether it is something personal, something professional, sports-related, non-sports-related. Let me know what is your one cool thing of the week. While you drop yours in the comments, I'll tell you mine. Aaron Judge went deep for the 62nd time in the season today. The Yankees played a doubleheader. Didn't get one in the first game. And I, I don't think that I had ever seen Aaron Judge as frustrated as he was in the morning. But then he came back and in the first at-bat of the second game, he goes deep, gets number 62. And it's got to be my one cool thing because I'm a huge baseball nerd. And I love baseball and I love the Yankees. And of course, I obviously love Aaron Judge. But more than that, I think that if this guy was on another team, I would have enjoyed it almost as much. Didn't get to see that 90s race between Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. Obviously didn't get to see Joe DiMaggio hit 66 straight games. But man, I, I don't think that I ever witnessed a record chase in which I just had to tune in every single day that I talked about with my brother every day that I tried to talk uh, to watch it as many times as I could with my mom, who is the biggest Yankees fan that I know. Uh, so it was pretty amazing from a personal point as well. Uh, so my one cool thing had to be Aaron Judge hitting number 62, man. Uh, Barry Fitch says baseball sucks, LOL. Man, I love baseball. I love baseball. I understand why people say it's boring, though. It is boring. But as Joe Posnanski wrote once, then it is not. And there is a magic. Mark Aaron says that his one cool thing is also Aaron Judge. Timothy is also going with Aaron Judge. Shout out to Toxic Tom. I love this one. He says on September 24th, my wife, my wife and I were finally able to have our wedding ceremony that was postponed due to the pandemic and the world going to shit. Hey, Toxic Tom, congratulations to you and the missus. That is amazing. I hope that you enjoyed it. Cowboys Chris, my wife and I passed the inspection for our second storefront. There you go. There you go. Chase Elliott won at Talladega, says Gregory. <clears throat> Roy Fletcher, Braves about to clinch the division. Let's see. Let's see. What one cool thing am I missing? Tommy says, Michael Gallup returned Sunday. Man, I was watching that play. I was watching that Michael Gallup touchdown. You could you could make the argument that Michael Gallup was about to score, uh, could have scored two touchdowns on that play, because he has this in-breaking route, right, from the slot, I believe, 
No, not from the slot because CD Lamp is working from the slot towards the outside. Sorry. Uh, but Michael Gallup breaks inside and he's open. You know, when Cooper Rush ends his drop back, Michael Gallup is open. And I think that Cooper Rush actually has to pull the trigger on that one. If he doesn't score a touchdown, he at least moves the chains and, and sets the Cowboys up for first and goal. But then my uh, then Cooper Rush scramble and scramble rules are on. And then he finds him in the in the corner of the end zone. So I, I love watching that in the replay. Love that for sure. And definitely one cool thing. Uh let's see. Bland made feel made me feel great with, with his immediate impact. Says Lauren Michael. There you go. Bruce says watching Washington team fans melt down and quit was pretty awesome. Yo, this is not a this is not a plug of my Twitter account, but if you if you go and and watch a clip that I tweeted out on at Mao NFL, that's M A U NFL, I tweeted out a WTF is this pass pro, and you'll see, you'll see if you go and watch the clip. But that was just what were the Commanders doing on that play? Is what I want to know. Chalk says. The Rams lost last night and the Eagles are overrated with a cotton candy schedule so far. That's his one cool thing of the week. Let's see if I missed any. Mark Aaron says, my dad was burned in the Bronx. His mom threw all of his baseball cards in the trash. Oh, yikes. <laughs> Man, I can't, I can't imagine how that felt like. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. We are out of here. Hit the like button. Do me that favor. Every like puts this show in front of more Cowboys fans. Thank you to Timothy. Thank you to Tommy. Thank you to everyone who has been joining the show and who did so tonight. Hit the like button and I will see you tomorrow night. Wednesday will be a big show, I believe. We've got the stat of the week. We've got a lot to talk about. That Cowboys-Rams game is going to be exciting. Hey, shout out to Jonathan Slim as well there in the Facebook chat. Gregory, Mark, Floyd. Have a fantastic start to the week. Y nos vemos el día de mañana, martes. It's not Wednesday tomorrow, right? I messed that Wait, wait. It is Wednesday tomorrow. Why, why am I acting like... Today is a Monday. Los veo mañana en miércoles. Adiós.